I didn't get a chance to listen to the off band of the off band. I was like, I'm doing David Byrne. I'm not doing the fucking three but other did, nerds. Oh no, I just scanned it myself. I I'm just saying, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to that either. Yeah, I, I am, I am literally skimming his last record because that was the only one I didn't. While well, that, I the I last didn't three, to his last one. I'm just skimming American Utopia, but other than that, I got to I got to really listen to all the way Oof. up until Strange Overtones. But I I mean the I was like I sort of already knew that you know Burn album, so well, the Giant one I skimmed. You know, luckily, this is is it worse than 311? Hey everybody, I'm Mark Crow. This is the fucking show here with Hatter. Here with Robo Slush. I hope they're all recording because I just jumped right into this and because yeah. we were already we were already talking about it, so I figured I'll just I'll just start it. I know. Uh, luckily, we're may... talking about the Talking Heads, Robert. And you may and, ask uh, yourself, how did you get here? How did you get here? How did I get here? When did I get here? Uh, what day is it? Why don't I sleep right? So um, yeah, I I get the. Uh, you probably didn't listen to like all the sidebands and the sidebands, sidebands and the sidebands. I skimmed a lot of it. I think we're fine because we're talking about the talking heads. And more importantly, here on Is It Worse Than 311? There it is. Uh, we're, we're going into what we've decided to call Brian Eno Month. You know that guy. Our favorite non-musician that makes music. Um. <laughs> favorite very sonic loosely. landscapes dude there there we go yeah, yeah there you go fucking pompous douchebag fucking oh, yeah. ass the fuck what are we even thinking what are we thinking we got to get back to just doing random fucking episodes i guess but we're not this year fucking um, themed ones bitches <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna roll with it uh i made a cocktail <clears throat> hell yeah and um Honestly, I kind of forgot about it. I got like a little bit of rum with some guava and some passion fruit. Uh, I smoked some cherry wood into the glass. Uh, it needs lemon. I just don't have any lemon. So, you know, it's a uh, very sweet. It's whatever. Yeah. It's it's that a talking right. thing. I, I figured tropical fruit plus um, a little bit of smoke for some, New York. Some Caribbean and no- island. And uh, nothing but flowers. Spirits. And not, yeah, nothing, nothing but fuck. I should have put a flower in there, man. <laughs> See, I'm fucking up. I'm just fucking up all over today. Fucking okay. everything. Listen, Crowder. Everything that happens will happen today. Okay. So. Today. No. today. Hey, we're talking. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is talking heads first, bro. Oh, okay. Let's I'm not allowed all... to reference the entire catalog, <laughs> man, bro. Let's let's go all the way back to 1976 or 77 or what the fuck ever. When uh, uh, a band called, <laughs> just, just like, hold on a second. I got to make sure I got this right before I say the wrong thing. Uh, nope, say it. The, the Artistics. A mm-hmm. band called The Artistics from Rhode Island uh, School of Design. God damn it. That's such a bad name. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris France. David Byrne and uh, Tina Weymouth. Is it really her name? Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Why, Wamuth? Wamuth? I don't know. I never know how to say it. I feel so bad because I just like last minute look these people's names up. Being like, oh shit, we got to do the show. I should know at least like who the actual artists are, not just their stage name. And then I go to say their name and I don't know what the fuck that says. It could I... be... 
Talking heads are David Byrne and other people. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, I know not, on a music snob not show that's fair. not the case, but not fair at all. Not no. fucking fair to say that. This it's, isn't a Nine Inch Nails scenario. This is they they all pull some fucking weight. Huh. Right. I mean, Byrne is definitely the main attraction, and he was the voice. He is the like multi instrumentalist. Um, I guess Tina Waymouth, Waymouth. Wemoth, Wemoth, uh, uh, didn't really even play that much. She like, like, well, she decided aud- t- she had auditioned a couple times to get into the band. Didn't he, she? He made her so yeah. like they they teach her to like, play bass after moving to New York, and then he makes her fucking audition. Audition like a couple times, even this, not even like once. It was straight. This guy up, sounds like, like a legit prick all the way through. Uh, like a complete fucking ass. Oh, so here's these kind of... This is the music style you should probably mimic in playing bass. Come back to me when you're good three fucking times. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, uh, and also, legendary. at that point, the Talking yeah. Heads weren't a very good band. Like, you know, like, was she really bad at bass? Or, like, was he just being a... Manipulated a fuck? Yeah, it's hard to say. I read... Uh, that he uh, thinks that he is on the spectrum and he's never been diagnosed. So not that that excuses him, but that might suggest why yeah, he would but be that... like so incapable of understanding other people's feelings and emotions, you know? True, but that's agree. like saying that like, oh, I like I'm... to have my house clean, so I'm No, I, I mean like autism like... is a real thing that <laughs> no, affects people it. the way they behave. I'm just yep. saying that that's different than just being a, a narcissistic asshole. Like if you're a narcissist, yep. you're not getting a pass. If you have autism, I, I might be like, oh, well, you didn't yeah, know. I, I, don't, I don't I'm just saying. I don't know. Well, when did he start diagnosed. saying that too? You I know, read it. Like, uh, yeah, I read later it. in life. <laughs> I, right. I read about it. Late, he probably was later in life. It felt like from the read I got that he was like but then later in life. Get diagnosed at that point is what I say. Don't you? It's a hard thing there. to diagnose. Yeah. it's a hard. That's a hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not a complete diagnosis either. Like, yeah. <laughs> my and, my and, nephew is a yeah, crazy anyway. jerk, but yeah. So these guys, uh, they they moved to New York, right? Apparently, 1975 is when they actually start playing as the talking heads they open for the ramones at the legendary club cbgb's anybody doesn't know what that is i don't know what you're fucking doing it was like where american punk rock came from to some degree american punk rock you say yeah but american punk rock is like dc hardcore you know when i think american punk rock i think that that like 80s hardcore music and and um i don't think of that when i think cbgb's yeah i think like independent artists writing their own music it's almost art rock also like they were like yeah anti-capitalist anti-corporate like uh you know but they still really liked glossy pop music as opposed to like it being chuggy chords like it's not i they were better than What's, punk rock bands in terms well, that's of like ability when, when you say like punk rock and what you think of as punk rock sure the ramones pop right up in there but when you go back and listen to the ramones and that ramones are like the Ooh, it's punk rock from CBGBs, right? Yep. Even though, like, CBGBs did go on to, like, host a New York hardcore scene and fucking all sorts of, like, later iterations of what would become <laughs> punk rock or get associated with punk rock because at this point it's such a split, fucked up genre. Oh, God, I'm just puking about genre. Uh, but anyways, when you listen to the Ramones, that, that's, like, 
Those songs are like 50 doo-wop songs that they just turned yep. up really loud and played faster. And put a faster, as you said, faster chord progression. And I said, just, yeah, yeah. I like, or some of it's not even like that. Some of the remote stuff no, is straight up really just slow. like, yeah, like, hey, little girl, I want to be your boyfriend. Like, what the fuck was it? Like, dude, you guys, did you write that in 1953? Like, are you the, kidding me? One of the things that I found fascinating, I didn't read, I didn't do the background research on Talking Hits. Specifically, I read about David Byrne, it, just because as a lead man, he's and he, very prolific, and he's considered, yeah. like, an artistic head, and he, people in every music circle will reference him. I he, read about he was, him. He was, he was the leader of the artistics, Robert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I whoa, mean, whoa, that whoa, puts whoa. him at the, so at the pinnacle, just, at the height, the zenith. It's of, not just uh, a clever music. name. Um, they, like the shitty Beatles. <laughs> the new wave <laughs> moniker came around about the time that CBGB was playing the kind of music, that kind of music, Velvet yeah. Underground and uh, yep. New York Dolls, or whatever. But new wave, essentially. You know, was a co-opted term that was meant to like prettify punk music so it would sell in the United States, and so like new wave became this sort of nonsense, empty, vague term for a number of years before it sort of took on the moniker of almost like like indie art rock, um, post punk, punk music, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of different genres, and the Talking Heads were sort of in the like middle of this bizarre and vague term and like CBGB sort of encompassed a lot of different families of music. And so, you know, I think it like, if you don't know anything about CBGBs, it was an incredibly interesting space and a lot of acts were coming through there. And a lot of the sort of underground indie talent that ended up well, becoming bigger names went through. It that was, basement. it was meant to be a rhythm and blues bar. That's why they, when they, when they opened it, it was a, that was what it was supposed to be. It's just that, you know, the, they were letting anybody play for the most part. You had a band show up. Which is cool. It's like, I mean, it's the DIY ethic, you know, and that's a part of a lot of these movements because they're like against like specific structures. They're all still pop music, though. You know, it's like like XTC came out in 1978 yeah. and everybody else was like, you're new wave. And like, no, we're not. We're pop music. And that, I mean, like, well, you could call us whatever you want, but we're still pop, you know, like that, these that's, bands that's rejected the terms. The interesting thing with the, uh, the development of what we call punk rock music of, and it being a European thing and an American thing, both developing side by side. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, when you say new wave started coming up, I feel like that that was this going back to like our joy division episode that, that it was developing. It came out of sort of the UK punk proto punk type of scene where uh, New Order starts throwing in, like, electronic music and stuff, and it definitely pushes uh, New Wave into the forefront, and it causes the record companies to search out bands like that in America. And they find CBGBs, and if you look at it, all the... There's, like, so many signed artists from that time, you know, from there. The owner of CBGB sort of saw New Wave as being something that picked up at the point in 1974 when the band Television um, came through and maybe was playing Marquee Moon. But um, either way, it's the the point being here is that uh, there the New Wave movement is a, a bunch of different uh, genres, and one of the known brands is sort of art rock, punk, art punk shit. And, like, fast guitars, suburban nerdy white dudes, like, distinguishing themselves culturally and, like, ironically making fun of the fact about how nerdy and, you know, like, 
goofily white they were at, and you know against other types of music that were popular at the time um because disco was really big in the 70s as well so it's just like an interesting scene and the talking heads were a vibrant form and you know group of people who were in that scene and i, and I think that's part of what makes them interesting even if i am going well, to shit all over them well they're interesting and like i feel like every goddamn album has at least one song that's been like just dragged through hell in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Just like, forced into your brain your entire yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, the funny thing is that, like, going back, like, the Psycho Killer one, like, this one made me laugh the hardest because now that movie is associated, or that song is associated with a movie starting, like, Vin Diesel shit that is literally a... What movie? What movie? Memento, Bloodshot. Oh. Bloodshot. Was it in Memento, it, too? It's literally fucking Memento. But guess <laughs> Bloodshot Homeboy from Homeboy from Memento is in Bloodshot as well and it play, basically plays basically plays Guy Pierce. The, oh, Guy Pierce, oh, yeah. No so shit. Guy Pierce okay. is in Bloodshot and Memento, but instead of playing the guy whose memory is fucked with, he's playing the guy who fucks with the guy's memory in Bloodshot. Oh, role reversal's fun. Whoa. But in that movie, one of the scenes they have like one of the made-up memories that have the guy torture him, and it's to Psycho Killer, and it fucking makes me laugh. Because at the end of the scene, he's like, really? Really, dude? Like, you had everything given to you, and you chose this, and you chose Psycho Killer as your song? Like, could you get more cliche? (laughs) the fucking studios were probably like, here's a list of songs you can use that exactly. we don't have to pay that much for. <laughs> but Better the point being is, like, even Nothing But Flowers, like, shit like that, like, all of them, like, are just more tied to Hollywood representation using the, like, the song as opposed to the song itself, which, let's be fair, Talking Heads are boring as fuck. I'm gonna say <laughs> It's yeah, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Maybe there's another verse. Maybe there's a chorus. Is there a bridge? Fuck you, no. Some That's damning. the punk rock Is side. there bongos? You know? Are those bongos? Oh, no. Uh, no, nah, bitch. Later. Those are steel drums. Motherfucker. So, Get it right. Here's the other the other thing is uh, for a punk band, and and I know at this time, like, DIY ethics maybe aren't quite as uh, rigid as they became in the punk rock scene. Um, but I don't know because we're like 1977, like Crass is around and Crass was like the, like, fuck EMI. We are punk rock. This is punk. And you don't fucking sign a contract for a record label, even if they will distribute you across the ocean, you know, uh, talking heads, 1977 is released on sire records. And from what I understand, they were considered one of the worst of the CBGB's bands. Like, people that hung out there were like, oh, fuck, fucking talking heads are opening again. This fucking band that plays, like, wannabe disco guitar in a punk rock fashion. It's, like, sad, like, rip-off funk guitar with somebody being like, am I an artist? Am I the artistics? I do not know. You know, like, fuck you, David Byrne. Fuck you, you fucking idiot. This guy fucking can't write either. Like, there's some songs where I listen to, I'm like, there's some talking head songs where I love the fucking lyrics and I love what's going on. I even like Psycho Killer, you know, that's from this album. Um, yeah. This album doesn't have a lot for it for me, though. I just, I think it's fine as cool. Look at this band, you know, these people with their guitars playing some music they wrote. 
1977, it's got a relatively fresh sound for the time. For the time, yeah. But uh, it it kind of drags, and it's kind of, like, not very dynamic. It uh, uber drags. Like, it isn't until Psycho Killer that you're like, wow, where, where was this kind of, like, feel, like? Yeah, well, and that's, like, even... Even that, like, it's the second to last track. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, it took <laughs> you that it. long to get to, like, this. Everything else is just super, I don't know. So, I, this punk band, quote-unquote, on puts out this first album on Sire, and then the next, the very next fucking album, they're recording with our guy, Brian Eno. That's a jump. Big. You know, that's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it helped them. The Brian Eno phase is probably my favorite, even though I think the second album's not the best entirely. Um, I think it's a step up as far as from the previous album. It has more uh, experimental sounds. It has the keyboard player from Modern Lovers join the band. And so that helps, obviously. Now instead of just having guitars, they're like... Every fucking song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clean yeah, yeah. or jangly clean or yeah right. cool <laughs> not again now you now you've got a keyboard player too being like beep boop 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 while you're like i mean you can't take also david byrne has a very distinct voice and the way that yes. he like sort of rolls his voice and, and reaches the highs that he hits like <laughs> you hear david byrne and you know it's david byrne like you're gonna you're like you know it's david byrne like and that's that's a part of the the the, the quality of the music and that's a part of the charm of the music i think for a lot of people and you know supposedly he's saying profane thing or not artistic and thoughtful things but i mean i i get lost a lot of the times in in just the it it seems like it seems like the kind of music that college kids reference because they've heard they should like i'm not i'm upset with this music because now having listened to to records after record of of experimental music like we we talk so much shit about xtc and like as a band that was doing like bizarrely awkward rock music in a, in the same period right around the same time yeah um like and and, and lumped into the same grouping like i i feel like they're less experimental than than them they're they they're not doing the same XT, oh yeah by far they're way not, less experimental. No, the structures of the songs are are simplistic and they're yep. meant to be simplistic and that's and, but what do you do with the simplicity and sometimes um it's 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 uh it, it, it lends itself to 50s 60s poppy uh guitar music from like the beach but also lends itself to a darker punk side i get these these kinds of uh distinctions that they're making but they just they ring hollow here like after knowing more about this band and listening to it. I mean, I'm not like I'm, I none of the I didn't dislike any of these albums, so I, I will get that off the, my chest here. Like oh. this isn't a, the worst album I've ever heard. It's no. just not a masterpiece. It's uh, it's a fine album. It, it's 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 a fine album by a fine band. I don't that these ba- this band it gets it gets put on a pedestal, and I and I don't understand after this listen. I just don't. For, I don't understand for the second album. There is a part, I think it's between uh, Girls Want to Be with the Girls and Found a Job, the, the like transition I really liked between those songs, and that was like, so there was like, oh, that was a, well done, good good job, you guys, you did something that was actually interesting instead of just being like a, you know, rhythm, rhythm piece for fucking David Byrne to talk about removing water from water. 
Uh, <laughs> but also, like, this album has a fucking Al Green cover on it, and that's what broke them through. Real, you know, that's what like pushed them into the fucking limelight. Like you covered Al Green. Fucking fuck. <laughs> cool white but, boys. Yeah, you know right? what? What's even worse? I might even know that song from growing up and listening to like uh radio. From radio? Talking Heads. No way. From, what is from that? Talking Heads and not not fucking Al Green. Like riding in the car as a little kid, and then I I hear Take Me to the River. And it's David Byrne, and I, you know, like, ten years later, I'm listening to some Al Green, and I'm like, why is Al Green playing fucking Talking Heads, you know, and then I'm like, 13, 14, 15, oh, oh, it's because it's his song, and I never would have thought that one of Talking Heads' most famous songs is a fucking cover. <laughs> yeah, but, but, one of them, there are plenty that are not, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was their breakthrough, that was their breakthrough song. You could say it's Psycho Killer, but it's not. That was the Psycho one Killer. Me, I like, feel only happened more later. It's probably from, revisited. Yeah, because like, from my understanding, it, it was a, uh, a a song, but like, uh, I I feel it wasn't until later that like fucking people were like, oh yeah, that, fucking Psycho Killer, and you're like the Brat Pack uh, director, the dude that did like uh, Sixteen Candles and and like. John Hughes, uh, Ferris Bueller, yeah, he apparently used Talking Heads pretty regularly. Yep. So that was another well, way. They're to, used like, extensively that throughout Hollywood. Appeal. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at that point, they would have been a lesser known act that was getting yeah, pulled it, into a film and like popularized, maybe beyond their their scope, you know, and reach at that time. Just every goddamn album, I'm like, oh, there's a song I recognize. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> But after that, it's like, oh, this is very boring. It's, oh, it's skippable. Those songs. are steel drums instead of fucking hand drums. Cool guys. I don't. I. I don't think uh, we're at steel drums and hand drums till the next album, though. He did. He d- he does have a song I, in the in first the first album. album, album like there is steel drums. Yes, feelings to it. He already. I mean, I it's not. It's just it. one no. song. But like, you yep, at least not, at least yeah. he's he's honest from the beginning. He's like, I kind of like this shit. And then you know, when <laughs> it's okay in the eighties, he's like, I really like. This I shit. totally like this. Uh, I mean, they weren't. They didn't beat Can to the. Let's use some hand drums and African rhythms and. Whatever. True, but 1979. They would have This is one of my favorite Talking Heads albums. I think Fear of Music is a great album, and this is the one that literally starts off where, uh, what is it, I Zimbra? Oh, I Zambra. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you. That's who? Who's who made this song? Who made this? Where did you get? I don't know. Man. Did you go go find a tribe or something? What the fuck happened? That's the. Oh God, yes. That's that whole like. I Whoa. think that song fucks. I think that song is rad, but like it's it's weird going from the last album. Then this album starts, and you're just like, "Oh, you guys uh, watched the Lion on. King recently?" Yeah, before the Lion <laughs> King was even made. I know, right? Ten year, twenty years, twenty years before the Lion King was made, or some shit. And you're you're up here being like, "Hamania." Phil uh, Collins hasn't uh, gotten his hand. <laughs> On that on that particular record, yeah. Phil Phil Collins was Tarzan. Thank you. Oh, he was. It Who was does Elton, that? It was Elton, Elton John. John oh. did the Lion King. We had this conversation, did, did we not? During Genesis, 
I'm pretty sure we did. We did I, because sure I that, made the same I thought, mistake. I made the I same mistake. I thought Phil being Phil Collins. No, nope. I thought Phil, Phil Collins, Collins was yeah. Hercules too. No, Phil Collins right was fucking Tarzan, dude. Yeah, Phil Collins was fucking yeah, Tarzan. Like who it was the fuck disgusting. Was a Tarzan. It cartoon. was disgusting. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking, yeah, fuck, fuck Phil Collins. At least we're not talking about Phil Collins again. Although David Byrne really wishes he was fucking Peter Gabriel. Oh, uh, oh, I think. <laughs> Crossfire. Crossfire. So, Fear of Music, this is, I think... The best one. Yeah, it's either this, that one or the next one. I, I feel like the next one, but yeah. This one's pretty I, good. This, this one gets dark. Um, this one has some cool experimentations with the, the keyboard sounds and the synthesizer sounds. Um the song electric guitar that goes into oh, drugs so mm-hmm. and uh, like these like backwards sounding rushes of like voice, his voice having this like backwards effect on part of it and like echoes and uh, it's a really well produced album. And I think probably some of the, their better songs. Uh, um, the, yeah. The, I like the, the there's like, um, like a plinking guitar effect that they do that it's like a, a like a creeping crawling scale but it's like the way that he's like tapping on the guitar it's like it almost sounds like a keyboard but it's the guitar like there's things like these moments it felt it felt a little weirder and it felt like what they thought they always did yeah to be honest with you it feels like the album where they were like hey we're going to do the shit that everyone thinks we've been doing and then they did it and they executed and and like yeah, some of the electric sounds are sort of off. Like, the offness of this album stands out next to the other albums, which are like, we're offbeat, and we're not like regular pop bands. And it's like, all right, why? Because David Burns yelling at me and getting too high-pitched right now? Like, no, this 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 album felt like it was a lot more energetic while being dark simultaneously and like having meat to its bones. I, I liked the structures of this. And Electric Guitars, they're my, single-handedly, for me, their best song. The best song. I was just going to say, this one had electric guitar, which is a really cool jam. Uh, I Drugs is one of my favorite songs, but also it had, uh, the song Air is a, one of my favorites that I used to not like. And then like after realizing that he's saying air can hurt you too, and <laughs> some people have never had experience with air, like that shit's fucking cool. It's... It's crazy. It, it's really, really, it sounds, like you said, like what they thought they were doing. I think they follow it up well with Remain in Light. Um, I like Remain in Light. It's a little more, a little less dark, I think. It's yeah, a little bit agreed. easier for, for like, uh, selling. You know what I mean? But, that, but then you have to ask that, yourself, how did you get there? Well, <laughs> this is not my house. This is not my wife. That's the thing with that album is that like really there's some okay there's like a seven there's like two almost seven minute long songs on that album that are pretty cool and they're like kind of slow and sludgy and like electronic and then there's once in a lifetime and that's the song everybody that knows. is the fucking song like, honestly that, nine times out of ten when people think they know Talking Heads it's either it's probably this one actually. Dude, Maybe was, Psycho Killer, but I'd, I'd, I'd probably venture more in a once-in-a-lifetime. For some reason, at work, the Talking Heads 
keep coming up on every fucking yeah. radio station that Dude, we they're have. all like, over the board man you know, it's, uh, no 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 but i'm i'm like this is like it's not that they're all over the place it's say like, we use youtube music and the algorithm is garbage yeah and so some you know that came up multiple times before i even worked there and now when i put on like black flag radio it'll be like one black flag song and then kansas and then fucking talking heads because they'd been listening to classic rock radio for so long before I showed up that it's just like, oh, you you definitely need like uh, some classic rock in, in, in there. You want to hear uh, some Pink Floyd with your black flag? You want did you did you say that, that you needed uh, uh, some, some Is there another brick Peter in the Frampton? wall you need? No. You, okay. you want to you, you listen to Peter Frampton while you're trying to uh, listen to Fela Kuti? You love talk you know? boxes, don't you? You don't you? Um, this album. There, there was these guys, but wait, 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 there was these people at the bar, and like the most generic Talking head songs would come on, and I kept looking, like they kept being like, "Oh, I fucking love this song." Oh, fuck, and they like look like they they know that I listen to music, so like the people at the bar will often be like, "What's this song, dude?" Like, uh, you know. Then I gotta try and like pull information out of my drug scrambled brain. And uh, fucking, this song came up, and and I said, they said, what's this one? I was like, uh, letting the days go by, and they're like, what did you say? And I was like, the song's called Once in a Lifetime. Everybody knows this, and I literally just told you fucks that I'm listening. I literally was like, you guys, I'm listening to the entire discography of everything that Talking Heads has done right now. I don't want to hear this shit. And I don't know why it keeps coming up on there. This song is great. Said, sure, great. I listened to it three times already this week. At least. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Fuck off. I don't even like the song anymore, honestly. Not anymore. Remove the water from the bottom of the ocean. Let the I do like, go by. I like, I like how they do the echo on it, though. It's like, remove, remove, oh, there's that one point where it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just constant, like... Echoing a reverb, and you're just like, what is happening right now? Why? Why? This is um, the song that MTV grabbed onto. What what year is this album? Probably 1980 or 1981. Yeah, 1980. So it was obviously made before MTV then, right? Because MTV came out in 1984? 83? I don't remember. 83, I thought. Um, but they, I just but they brought some of this music back to life though when they came out. So yeah, like like and apparently British the British did really well because they already had a music video culture at that point in the seventies. They'd already been doing music videos, so some of the bands that made videos earlier were then pulled on and you know shown off because new wave, like I was talking about earlier, and like the punk post punk movements and art rock stuff was cool, and MTV was making it cool again. So. That might have been why this song was run through the mill at that point. And well, the, I just remember the video is like them. It's like David Byrne on a green screen with the cheesiest looking like computer textured whatever behind him doing like the stupidest dance. Like he's not a good dancer and he knew it. But, you know, he's the artistic. So... <laughs> His dance moves are, he's just, they're, they're so awkward, which is like, that's what is charming about it. It's, it's like, it's awesome. He's just dancing and well, he's like it, all yeah. elbows, you know? Like the dude's Ch- weighed up fucking elbow, uh, buck chop- ten wet. Chopping for his it up and serving life. it out. 
<laughs> Dude looks like he's six foot three and weighs a hundred pounds, man. <laughs> Soft and wet. <laughs> like, uh, this, this is also the period where they they do their their other stuff, the sidebands of the sidebands with the sidebands on the side. Mm, this this next year was the Brian Eno album, right? The David. Brian yeah, Brian and Eno. so this is when Tom Tom Club shows up. That um is basic. It, it is Talking Heads without David Byrne, but they also get like other musicians in. Uh, Which was better than David Byrne without the Talking Heads? Before we move on from this album, though, I do want to note in my head that this is a turning point for the band because this is when they get really groove heavy. Like before they were doing a sort of groovy, groovish type of music, A, B, A, B verse stuff, chorus verse. But this one is like funk almost at times and it's got a groove and it feels like it's like settling in and it's they're fun. And that's what this album I think is good because it's fun. Like, it doesn't feel like it's snobbing at you. It does feel like it's referencing cooler music than it is intentionally, which is a part of the snobbery of, I think, this band. But also, it works on this album. But, like, I feel like this is the beginning of them being like, we're going to groove. And then it's like, ah, uh-oh. And then from here on out, I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> just... Well, this is this is the last one they do with Brian Eno. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. That makes That's sense. That's the last Brian Eno album right there. That's and the then... three. And then Brian Eno and David Byrne make the best album that they ever The make. best Talking Heads album out there. Ever. What, what the fuck is the name of it? Like a ghost in, in my bush? Yeah, Which, ghost in bush. <laughs> no, but is it some sort of reference to like the bush country, like in Africa? Like in the, like. I would imagine Homeboy's like got a hard stuff, off of that hard, dude. I mean, like, that's it's, the, the, it's the best David Byrne album. Well, oh, it's I, the best David Byrne. It's a really good Brian Eno album. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really unique Brian, e- Brian Eno album, you know? It's, I uh, just, in, in chat, it was very much like, I remember finishing up Talking Heads and going into fucking David Byrne, and you're like, cool, I have nothing against world music, but like, whatever. Maybe we'll get some like, more like, like crazy dived in, like, artistic, like, oh, like, no, there's still world you, music. <laughs> well, but the one with Brian, the like Brian Eno album, and he put out uh, a um, fucking soundtrack that year, I think too. Oh yeah, and they're yeah. they they sound like they don't sound like pop music. They don't. No, it sounds no. like people that know how to play pop music, but they literally like we're gonna make something weird and. The pe- no, your mom's not going to want to listen to this. The people that are going to the club to dance are not going to want to listen to this. The people that are taking mushrooms and smoking weed sitting in a basement with the lights turned down low and a Whoa, fucking wow. hi-fi yeah. are going to eat this up. And that's stuff that I'd prefer anyways because it's yeah. more challenging and it seems like they're making it more for, to be like a an art piece or a piece that's like, look at are studying rhythms and applying these rhythms to modern technology and, and the modern well, the, ideas of sound the, production. The knee, the knee plays is just like fucking horns and fucking keyboards or whatever. Like phenomenal. So yeah. Um, this is a stand. This, I would argue this is an Amber album. I would argue that this is the standout album of their entire, of David Byrne's entire career. And with, because to me, at this moment, and still, like, listening to it, I, I feel like I listened to it halfway through, and then I came back to it when I was doing the David Byrne part. And I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, this is experimental. It's still unique sound. They were able to use the technology and not make it sound corny as fuck. Because at this point, people are starting to use electronics in a different way. And there's just this tonality, this, like, cheesy sound effect, which 
the talking heads eventually use that's like just like overproduced goofy like like i don't know what the, that one ketone is that everyone decided was the coolest thing from like 83 to 86 and it's just everywhere but like they didn't do that and they have like it's like tape hiss almost it's like it's it's an incredible album i just the, the, this was the best the, thing uh, we listened to the other thing about that that the those the soundtrack and that Brian Eno collaboration album. Uh, on these albums, you see people like Robert Fripp, fucking Adrian Bellew, um, fucking, oh God, now I'm blanking on some of the other ones. There were some big fucking names where they're like, they're like King Crimson, you know, is basically on this fucking album, on one of these fucking albums. He's working with yep. fucking King Crimson and like Brian Eno, you know, like that's, you're hitting heavy. You are swinging with some big, artistic music like experimental fringe weirdos and uh then going back and playing with your little jangly band so uh i don't know i would definitely suggest checking out uh my fist in your bush or whatever my life and, in the bush uh, of ghosts fucking i like that name though ghost's bush david bush's byrne ghost. doesn't sing on the album I don't think his voice is on it ever. I don't he's, think he's, he's on it. It, it is. It is on it at a couple points. You can recognize it, but it's super fucking. Uh, it's like not the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. No. it might be recorded like somewhere else and then run over the a tape. But like, it, all the vocal tracks sound like they're ghosts. Tom Tom Club. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, Mariah Carey's Fantasy. Fucking <laughs> the the song of uh, what is it? Fucking something of love. You know what I'm talking about. The yeah. James Brown, James Brown, what's the fucking name of it? The Genius of Love. The song is sampled by six million rappers. Um, this album, the Tom Tom Club album that came out just before the that David Byrne solo one, uh, definitely incorporates a lot of like New York hip hop elements to it. Uh, it looks like the cover was drawn by a five-year-old on crack cocaine. Uh, it kind of sounds like a five-year-old on crack cocaine. Um, it's kind of cool, and I kind of, I kind of like it a little bit better than where the Talking Heads go to some degree. Um, even though I'm not, I'd rather listen to the Talking Heads before Tom Tom Club. And David Byrne completely dismissed the album that was made by his band <laughs> as being too commercial. <laughs> I just like God. this the fucking gall of this man <laughs> and that's hilarious because like hey yeah, you're, you're probably right you're probably right dude and that's a thing like you might be compared to your little foray into sound experimentation with mr i'm not a musician himself uh sure Maybe this the album that spawned the track that was sampled to make Mariah Carey's biggest hit was a little more commercial than you wanted. Okay? No. So, great. Who gives a fuck? Uh, you fucking prick. You're a fucking prick. Those are your fucking homies. You've toured with these people for years and years and years, you fucking asshole. And you can't just be like, oh yeah, they made an album, go listen to it. <laughs> can't just shut the fuck up about the fact that you think it's too commercial fuck you you're too commercial fucking poser you fucking piece of art school trash you motherfucking asshole 
Your fucking first band was called The Artistics, and I am certain that you fucking came up with that name because you think you're fucking clever. Better you fucking than everybody. ass. Yeah. God damn it. So they get rid of Eno for some reason. He was probably just sick of all of them. He was probably like, you fucking New York fuckers. You're so whiny. Why are you so whiny? And uh, then they decide that your mom loves world music entirely. That's what happened. Loves it. Like, panties wet. It's that. so great. It's so great that we'll Speaking start Speaking in tongues has got to be one of the most commercially viable oh, albums of their career. God, it is. Talking of the next though. album that comes out. Like, and, and what I, nerve. Here's, here's the fucking thing. Is, uh, I, I, still th- I think this one's better than songs about buildings and food. Um, and I think the it's so commercial that I like it. It's a really solid album. It's a uh, solid piece. This is probably the last one that you could argue, in my opinion, this I, in their I, discography. I love the song "Girlfriend Is Better." I love the song "Slippery People." Uh, Slippery People is pretty funny. I love "Swamp," fucking uh, burning down the house. I mean, that's you know obviously. Yeah. That's another one that was like Burn MTV was like who, who here it is. We're on MTV now. We're MTV band. MTV. Well, how did I get band. here? Jeez. Nah. God. It's like MTV. Shades of B52s at some points in this fucking album. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 a fun it's a fun album. It's got some fun synth sounds. It's got some cool electronics. I don't I don't mind this album. Once again, this is I think like I think that this like I get why everyone wants to be like Jock the Talking Heads, you know, like ah, oh. but like, and this is a fun album, but like to me, that's it. It's not like an incredible artistic piece of work. It's a fun pop album, and like a band that wants to be so badly this like you know uh, Art Nouveau sort of cliched, uh, prodigious. Uh, thoughtful artistic movement. It's like, nah, dude. You guys make pop music, dude. Listen to that XTC song. This is pop. That's what you're doing. I'm sorry. The, uh, like, the my favorite Talking Heads album is the Stop Making Sense album. It's the tour that they did for this this for the uh, Speaking in Tongues album. Um, they recorded it. They do that. Everybody knows it's the David Byrne in a big white suit. That's it's that that performance, and it. To me, it really does show how much better some of these songs come off when they're played live. Yeah, got it. I can For see that. The, the let me let me just look up the track listing real quick. The version of Psycho Killer on it is the version I prefer. The version of Girlfriend is better. The version of uh, Life During Wartime is has like two extra verses on it. Not that you know, <laughs> verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus. Let's add two more. Um, but I I love that. Um, yeah, it's just the even the the version of uh, Heaven is is significantly better. Uh, found a job as an like it just it sounds better. And this is also uh, Bernie Worrell of Parliament Funkadelic fame, keyboard player. It was in the band on I think he's on both these albums on this on Stop Making Sense. I think he's on Speaking in Tongues. I think he's on Remain in Light too. Not a hundred percent certain about that, but he—I love Bernie Worrell, one of my favorite keyboard players for what that style that he does uh, when he was alive, anyways. Although I did see him live one time, and it was with like a, it was like this guy had like a twelve-piece band with him, and it may as well have just been a jam band. It was real disappointing. <laughs> just like fucking, he was old and like 
you know, he was still holding it down, but like when you got nine other dudes on stage, how much are you, <laughs> what, how often are you going to shine? You know, right. like what you're going to let other people do some stuff and they're probably there to do some stuff because you're like 80 or whatever. I think he died shortly after I saw that show too. But, um, so to me, stop making sense is probably the last thing that I want to listen to from the talking heads. Really? Uh, the rest of this sort of becomes world influ- world music influenced adult contemporary music. Not even influenced. I feel like that's all it is later on. Uh, well, little creatures isn't little creatures is pretty pretty well there, but not. It's little creatures isn't totally world music. No, it's There's, no. Okay. It's generic 80s, though. It feels like yeah. a, a number of bands could have made this album. It's like got that uh, splashy keyboard and just it's like it's so schlocky and schmaltzy, dude. It's so cornball. It's like it comes on and like the singles from it are still very famous. Whatever. The very first song is like. And the, she was. Yeah. Eh, and fine. she was in Road to Nowhere. Those are the two songs that are on this album. And it. <laughs> Road to Nowhere is one of those, like, if I'm at a microbrewery that's having an open mic and I see another long-haired jackass with an acoustic guitar fucking playing that goddamn song with their girlfriend, I am gonna puke right on them. Dude, it's got, like, it's got, like, Zydeco keys. It's not, like, <laughs> sure some, some, some New Orleans Bayou music. Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah, all yeah. right, David Byrne, sure, buddy. He's, he's like, just... oh, man. We've we've been ripping off you know African music so much. Maybe we could get some kind of other like roots folk world influence going on. What is what's going on with the Cajuns? I I really, the old I really Cajuns. Like, like that we I dig that song. We've done so. I'm not I'm not super mad at it, but I am like okay. It I still makes me hard eye roll. And and I, and it only goes. It only he only just digs into that, you know. Like after this album, this album to me feels like a generic '80s album. I I, I don't Very feel much. like it, it. Talking Heads comes through in this, and like, oh, this is. If David Byrne wasn't there and you replaced him with a different vocalist, I would never have known this is a Talking Heads album ever. Um, no. Although and, I can't think of what generic '80s band does sound like that. You know, I, I don't really know. What band that would be? What year is this? Nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, sure is. I don't know, dude. I, I feel like uh, the Stranglers could have made this album. I'm sorry, I don't know. Somebody yeah, sure, could have, sure, sure. In nineteen eighty-five, like I don't like <laughs> the Pretenders, you know, or like fucking uh, who did that walk one thousand miles song? Oh no, Ten, you know, some it. shit like that. But like. I'm, like Kind of, right? It kind of sounds like that shit. Yeah. That's um, that's a harsh comparison. I yeah. didn't even really care about the True Stories album. Uh, no. I didn't. It has one of their biggest hits. Apparently, Wild Wild Life is one of the biggest hits. And that's pretty much the only song that I even... Yep, that's it. Oh, it has Radiohead. Oh yeah, you and know which, which, which radio has named after <laughs> too. Like, you're gonna choose that fucking song? song? Yeah, you're gonna choose that fucking the... song? Ugh. Are you insane, Tom York? You crazy <laughs> bastard! 
Are you making a joke? Are you making fun of the Talking Heads by naming yourself Radiohead? Oh, it's got a, it's a number another one of those Jambalaya songs, dude. It's like what is up with this <laughs> key, key accordion sound that you're like you that sounds like you ripped it straight out of a Zydeco band, brother. Like, if I remember I, right, that album has like a country song in it too, and it's it's really fucking bad. Like it's not country, but you can tell that they wanted it to sort of be like country. Uh, this the. the the movie has John Goodman. Oh, it's, it's a, actually a soundtrack for a movie called True Story. It's a movie. It's a movie uh, written by David Byrne. John I've, Goodman. John Goodman. I've watched it. it. I do not remember it being very good at all. The only thing I remember about it was David Byrne driving in like a red Cadillac and like talking about how he likes roads or some shit. Because he like because you know he likes talking about very simplistic. Uh, well, standard things. No, he doesn't. He gets super in depth. Uh, like paper and like buildings. Uh, like a song about light, maybe. Um, <laughs> things, stuff, places, objects. I like to talk <laughs> about. Yeah, Do objects. Uh, no, there's Papa Legba. That's a person. What? Okay. That's a uh, person, place, or thing, dude. My, my dude's all about them nouns, brother. He likes them nouns hard. He likes a noun hard. I'm just nouning so hard on City of Dreams right and Dream Operator, guys. Dream Th- yeah, there's a country song, like City of Dreams, I think. Here it is. Um, Th- this sounds like this sounds like a band that's lost, that's run out of ideas. And then somebody was like, hey, guess what? There's technology. And they're like, all right, let's use that. And they're like... But only sometimes, and also, have you heard of Cajun music? Let's do that, too. And then they just throw them together, they rub their parts together, and then they just roll on. And it, It's embarrassing. Like, this is an embarrassing album. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, and the fact that it's a soundtrack, the fact that it's a soundtrack sort of makes it easier for me to be like, well, whatever, that was just Fine. meant to be background for the movie, right? Sure. But then they've, they come out with a goddamn straight-up, Afro beat, fucking what is it, like Afro jam album? Naked. So naked. What, yeah. I dig. I like some of these tracks. Do not get me wrong. I like that type of music. I like uh, how fun some of the 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 songs are. How much energy they bring into some of it. Um, but the majority of this album, it's like Paul Simon's Graceland, where you fucks. Why were all of you fucks just trying to, like, jerk off Lady Smith Black Mombaza, you know? Or whatever that band's called. Yeah. I I don't get it. Nothing but Flowers, good song, sure. Blind, pretty good song. All right, Mr. Jones, eh, whatever. Yeah, um, well, uh, I, guess that... I was waiting for the Candy Crows to step in, but apparently that's not the same song. <laughs> Uh, the Democratic Circus has some, like, interesting things that happen in it, you know? There's some parts in this album where it's not just, like, you're forcing me to listen to Afrobeat. Yeah, but it, I, I'll go back to Nothing not But much. Flowers. The only reason that song is so, like, ah, is because of fucking media use. Like... I don't know it from that. I do. Well, I, I, don't... I know it from radio, because I worked in retail a shit ton, so... That was one of the corporate-approved songs, even though it's talking about, like, 
apocalypse and shit dude like but you know what's funny is uh i remember hearing that back to back with fucking joni mitchell's song you know the uh paved over uh yeah paved paradise yeah over a parking lot and then literally afterwards is fucking uh, nothing but flowers, which is quite the opposite. And <laughs> it's so funny. It. Like, there's the parking lot, but now there's nothing but flowers. So I remember being stoned out of my gourd working at Nike, and that happened. Like, and whoa. nobody else fucking understood what I was talking about. Because I was like, dude, you don't understand the difference of these two songs right now. And the fact that they played back to bat was like, what? And everybody was like, uh... Is it? They're like, is you're it paying the attention to the shitty music? Did, did the <laughs> weekend cover it? I'm like, fuck. Nothing but flowers made me think of under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> In the Little Mermaid, and I was like, all right, cool. And yeah, I can see that. Come on, Under the Sea has Caribbean rhythms, and this one has very much African rhythms, right? Right? I mean, there's no, like, tell me which one of these is different, you know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, the reading that I did was that his obsession was Afrobeat, (laughs) Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latino, so I don't know, he, and like, this is their last No, 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 you're telling me that African has, like, relationship to Caribbean? No. Well, it's no. funny because it's like I want to say I it's Latin to beats, and I, it was like it was like it was like Afro Latin. I was like, all right, so Afro Caribbean, <laughs> which means like Haiti, Haitian, you right? know, Caribbean island nation states and stuff. But this is their last True album. Done, you said sure, but it's not. Did you listen to No Talking Just Head? Shut up! No, no. That is the name of the album. The band is called The Heads. Um, they, they were calling themselves the shrunken heads for a second. Oh, it's the funny. band without David Byrne and, uh, <laughs> they call in a plethora of New York city famous, uh, singers of uh, Deborah, Deborah Harry's on there. Fucking, uh, um, Richard hell shows up on a, on a track and it, it just sounds like leftovers from the last, you know, 10 years of talking heads yeah and somebody else putting lyrics on it it's it is what it is um it came out also when david burns started doing solo stuff and we're now now we're done we're done so we can go into how much i just fucking david oh my god oh my (laughs) fucking god when i listened to the like brian eno album i was like this is Uh. gonna be okay and then I got to his first actual solo album, Ray Momo. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my God. And it's nothing but Latin percussion and fucking <laughs> just like world music. Yep. How much hand off. drums can you have? I don't know. Let's oh, fucking God. try it out, bro. And again, I like that kind of music. I don't have a problem with that. And I don't have a problem with like some honky ass fucking American Forcing it into fucking other people's brains and being like, hey, you know what? You over there sipping on an IPA at this fucking... You, did you know that you like music that's not just pop shit that's on the radio? There's stuff like African music and Latin music and Caribbean music you can listen to. And it, like, I'm like, that's cool. That's cool that you helped expose people to yeah, that but- style. But why did you do it so fucking poorly? 
I just, it's, it's so it's, generic. It's also the, coming off of the last uh, Talking Heads album to me. Like, and that's where it was like straight up like, oh, cool. Now we're going in a solo shit. Maybe we can get a little bit past this world music thing that I don't have a thing against. Nope. If it's it, like, as you said, used properly and like you if can it do have it. David Byrne on it. But all of a sudden it's just, oh, so now we're going to pull back all the other band and it's just literally going to be just hand drums, maybe some fucking whatever and some horns and shit. And then just David Byrne just like, oh my is, God. It was like, is this appropriation? Uh, what is appropriation? I am al- appropriation. Rest, this album and rest, what should have been called with the, because of the dog on the cover should have been called Rut Row. Um, uh, it's just that, like, is that not one of the worst fucking uh, album covers? Oh my God. That you've seen. Oh, cover. Oh, why? Why is there's like three different art styles going on there between the font, the angels and the dog. Mm-hmm. And like the dog is, I've seen kindergartners draw better dogs than that. I, all it, I could think was rut row, dude. Like, is this like, I just, I over and over, I listened to this whole album and was like, these two albums are such a mess because also it feels like there's one of them rides Caribbean all the way. It's like Latin Caribbean. The and then Hard, there's one dude. that's like, we're going to do all sorts of different ones of people's world music. That's like not my music, but it's cool. But, and it's like, it'll go from like Cajun to, to Latin to Afrobeat till it's like, whoa, oh. whoa, whoa, dude, uh, this is uh, a uh, mess. Uh, but here's, here's what makes that worse is at least on Ray Momo, which by, I didn't, it, it is one of the like most disappointing albums I've ever listened to. Ray Momo was some fucking trash. You can throw that album right in the fucking garbage. It can go the fuck away. You go buy yourself a fucking Dizzy Gillespie album if you want to fucking listen to that type of shit. Don't fucking listen to that. Fucking, it's bad. But this album, <laughs> uh-oh, Rutrow shows up. Whoa. And they try to do that type of stuff while incorporating these, like, 80s cheesy shithole fucking synthesizer sounds and production techniques. But it's 1992, so it's even more over-the-top and shitty and overproduced and, like, the bass is all like, wow, blah, 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 blah. And it, like, like they fucking turned on a pedal that, and they were like, oh, that sounds pretty cool, right? Let's put that with some fucking Zydeco. Fuck, let's go. Yeah, hopefully, great. Blah, blah, blah. And then a fucking accordion comes in, like, shut the fuck up. And these just, it's the worst fucking, like, leftover from the 80s sounding pop shit that came out in 1992. This is so fucking bad. This is one of the worst albums I've ever fucking listened to. Plain and simple. And then, Uh-oh. and then he followed it with a self-titled, which was, a, a, which sounds like a Peter Gabriel album from 1984. <laughs> it's better. It's better than oh, no, it, it is. It's way better. I think that this is, aligns more with his ability. Like you know, what bothered me with that one is though, is that was a 1994 release, and mm-hmm. it definitely sounded like, uh, you know, around this time is when rock bands are using sure there's like distorted guitars that that rock bands alternative bands are using but there's also that like we have an acoustic and maybe there's like a bongo but the bongo's not doing like wild shit it's not Sheila E and fucking Prince and the Revolution you know it's not a Fela Kuti fucking album it's like a bongo just being like boom 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 holding it down real quiet real sparse in the but that was a thing for alternative rock bands and like adult alternative contemporary radio bands 
And it sounds like one of those. It sounds like it could be like a Ch- uh, Tracy Chapman oh, type shit. of album. <laughs> you know? And this is also when they, they really, I don't know what it was about that time period where it's like if you were making sort of like coffee shop music, uh, your, your drums always had these like real tight hi-hats and the snare was real, always real tight and like clean and pronounced. And I just, I, I fucking hate the drums of that time period. I hate, I like it for like hard rock. But when you get like easier rock like this, it just it sounds so fucking generic. And like, like you know when somebody pulls out an iPhone and like I got an iPhone and I spent a thousand five hundred dollars on it, and you're like I fucking don't like Apple products. I don't like Apple's phones. And they're like, Are you fucking crazy? It's like, No, dude. Are you? <laughs> you know, you spent a thousand five hundred dollars on something that I think is fucking garbage. So, um. That's kind of what this is. Like, your drum set sounds nice. You probably spent a lot of money and time setting it up and getting it all, all the fucking phasing right on the microphones and the compression just right when you were recording. It sounds fucking crisp. It sounds every hit is fucking there. And it sounds soulless and just stale and static. Just gross. Fucking hate it. Fucking hate it. Tracy Chapman. I feel like there's Dave an, band. one of the songs on this album that has, like, that brushes, too. Like, yeah, fucking brushes. That's a big one. Like scrubbing the drum kit and like, brother, this is not jazz. What are you doing? This what I still are... I still after those two though, this one was a refreshing turn. I I I'm not gonna say this is a good album at all, but I'm gonna say I'm well, glad that he like left. But I, I thought at, he he doesn't, but he did decide to like calm down and just do dad adult contemporary. Like, look <laughs> at the cover, dude. He looks like Tracy Chapman. No, he doesn't. Yeah. But he looks like he, 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 he looks like he looks like Alanis Morissette, and he could have sold hundreds of copies of his album. Her album's way better than this, but he could have sold hundreds of albums at a coffee shop just standing there like, I'm David Byrne at your Starbucks location, you know? <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you're not Jewel. And you're like, what? What year is this? Jewel? <laughs> He's like, hands, they oh, are my yodeling, role. write that down. I never did yodeling. Fuck, oh, I did Zydeco, I did Afrobeat, I didn't yodel. Somebody, give me a um, snaggletooth right now. And then he went into studio to do it and was like, wait a second, you guys got drum machines? Fucking, we're going to use that instead. Let's go. The Fook? The next, like, three, four, out, three albums at least have these cheesy fucking drum machines. Uh-oh. And they're better albums than, than Uh-Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, but Feelings is ridiculous. Just the album cover alone and then just the sound is so like, wow. You really jumping on that fucking late 90s sounding bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 1997 and yeah. you're trying to sound like it's 1992, though. Some clean hootie guitars in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. So I was like, hootie. Mixed, mixed with like uh, a fucking drum loop that he stole from Fatboy Slim, oh, yeah. who he later does an album with. <laughs> fucking. doo doo doo. Don't need it. I don't need it. And lo- look into the, the eyeballs. Look into the eyeballs, pretty much the same thing, but like a little bit better, like a little tiny bit better. And they both have like, if you listen to any of the like soundtrack stuff stuff he did in between this, he, he starts to incorporate more like symphonic stuff. And I kind of like that because to me, it, it makes sense. He never totally ditches the world music stuff and that's fine, but uh, it doesn't show up as much. So I like that. I, I appreciate that he pulled back on doing this generic genre. Um, and 
I don't. I just. I just can't get into it. There's some slow tracks. There's some slow, boring tracks. There's some dragging tracks, and then there's some shit. We're like, oh, and now there's a weird fucking drum machine. And I think it took until looking to the eyeball or feelings. There, I think both of them also have a couple of tracks that have like big distorted fifth chord guitar. Maybe yeah, like, but only it's only like a hit, like a meow, meow, meow. Like, oh yeah, okay, I needed that nineties alternative me, daddy. grunge sound. It's a good thing grunge happened so that we could have distorted guitar on everything. You know? <laughs> I it feel like for grunge. When you're hitting on on one of the points, which is why I'm going to argue that the best solo record that isn't with Brian, a man named Brian Eno, is. Uh, the next one grown backwards because it is sort oh, of symphonic. It's it's simple and it and it actually focuses on what what is one of his biggest strengths and one of the things that everyone knows about him and that's his voice. And it's like he does this sort of he has he at first he sounded awkward, you know, and he sort of got better at singing as he went along and he became this guy who could sort of float along and be sort of angelic at points and I think Grown Backwards is actually a solid album. Like I was surprised after all of that world music hoo-ha, cheesy, clean guitar, almost generic 90s effects just like and you're talking about the drums like I didn't that was just one of many problems with his albums at this point. Like this album was actually a joy to listen to. I enjoyed listening to this. I was like this is what it did. David Byrne should be doing in my head because it just fits what he sounds like to me. Like, his voice. It, it was a good vehicle for that. So, I don't know. I thought Grown Backwards was the best thing he did as himself. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I still don't want to listen to it. And it was also... It, it, it went on a little too long and was a little bit of a slog to get through. All of his um, albums are bloated. All of yep. his albums are like 58 minutes. And I was like, why isn't this over? Like, they're all three minutes, three songs too long. Because you're just yeah, drawing sure. shit out, and you're just like, why is this still like, dude, going? You don't, this why album is doesn't still deserve going? an hour. Not, you, nev- you didn't have any gems on this, you know? Like, no. end it, please. Uh, what blows my mind is everything that happens will happen today. The return of Brian Eno and David Byrne. Um, that album was recorded by Brian Eno, and then David Byrne came in and put vocals on top. That's how that happened. This is such a fucking bizarre album to do in, like, 2008 and, and like, after the last string of albums. that he It's, it's labeled here on, on the Wikipedia as Funktronica. And if that doesn't make you want to puke a little bit, I don't know what would. After like this hour, the last hour of talking about world music in Zydeco, I'm all out of vomit. And then you say Funktronica. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Funktronica made by Brian Eno in 2008. My dude, you are not. <laughs> th- that's not your scene. Don't fuck around. I don't know what your fucking problem is. Where this is, it's so. You're like like what? the juxtaposition I got, I got a of drum machine. Parliament Funkadelics. Stick around my and then, my like, lunch pail. It's cool. Oh sure, great, great. So why are you fucking making Funktronic? Uh-huh. Why are you fucking doing cheesy fucking toy sounding drum machines with a goddamn ukulele on top of it or something? It's a it's acoustic guitar. I don't think they actually use ukulele, but still, there's it. This album goes kind of all over the place. I, I like strange one, overtones. I like strange overtones too. Uh, that was it. 
That was all I can really say for it. That's Other, the, otherwise, the, the jam. The whole thing sounds like a couple old dudes trying to stay relevant to me. It also feels like they did strange overtones, and they're like, can we make that song again? And they're like, no. And they kept trying to make it again, you know? <laughs> they were like, can we get that kind of energy and that kind of, like, and like like the 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 crawling uh synthesizer in it and everything like in his like the singing about listening to your neighbors creepy like there's something creepy about the song while still also being like glowing and bright but like they were like that's the song so let's build an album around it and keep on doing that and it's like you guys fucked that one up yeah. track after track sorry <laughs> you could have just made a single and I would have been a happy man yeah. you could have just Made another album where David Byrne wasn't singing. <laughs> wow. Did, That's a concept. Did you get to hear Lies Love? An hour and a half of Fat Boy Slim songs with David Byrne and fucking pretty much every female singer that Robert probably wants on an album showing up, other than <laughs> Bjork. Bjork's not here? Did no, he she's not on it. No, no, but Tori Amos and fucking Florence Welch and fucking, um... Sia's on here. Santa Gold? Santa Gold. Natalie Merchant? Tori, oh man, this is a... Wow, no, I didn't, this, it didn't, uh... I didn't consider this, Wikipedia didn't say this was one of his albums, so I missed it. Oh, if you go, if you follow, like, if you click on an album... Cindy Lauper and Tori Amos. There's like a chronolo... There's like a chron... Chronology, chronology. Uh, it'll show you the album you're on, and it'll show you the previous album and the next one. And sometimes they don't put it in the list, but if you actually go to the albums in Wikipedia, it'll say like the next album. You'll be like, "What? That wasn't on the list." And then you'll click on it. It'll be like a soundtrack or something. Mm, you know got it. I mean? So you got, got it. it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you kind of. This is where like, he must. This is where he uh, he did he did the a track with Saint Vincent. This must have been the reason they do the next there, album. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Got yep, it. Yep, and that must be also the fact that this is a Fatboy Slim album. Are you shitting me? Are you fucking shit? What is David Byrne doing working with Fatboy Slim? Such a pretentious contrarian, too. Like, Because Christopher beats, Walken was man. on that incredible music video, dude. Right. That's why. Yeah, that was cool. just making beats, bro. That's all. It, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all and why is it an hour and a half long why because fat boy slim 2010 be two hours long bro when didn't fat boy slim's big track the christopher walken track come in like 96 uh no yeah. it was like 97 98 still still like, like a decade and a half ago yeah you know big when this beat was- electronic like euro dance music was long gone and done guys Long over. But you know, the beauty about America is we're always like X amount of steps behind. So by the time it's done in the rest of the world, we're catching the slag of like what was the gold. When you know it's what done I mean? in Europe, yep. yeah. we're, we're getting we're getting Moby again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're getting yeah. the the slag, the, the, the skimming of the top that people are like, oh, well, I guess that's okay. Over here, we're like, holy shit, did you guys hear this fucking guy? He's bald and makes fucking amazing music. And you're like, is that Moby? And they're like, yeah. Have you guys heard of craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh. And then Europe's like, oh, we're on to the next thing, bruv. And you're like, god damn it, Europe. Why don't you just 
Get your Brexit on and get out of here. You're you're giving Britain too much credit for Europe, my dude. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yes. I just want to go to Britain. That's uh, all. No, that's fair. That's fair. So This was your favorite album, right, Crowder? Love This, this is giant. my le- probably my least favorite St. Vincent album, The Love of This Giant. <laughs> uh this is one of my this is this is fucking this is just some shit. This is just fucking goddamn trash. Uh I enjoy horns. I enjoy electric guitars. Uh, I'm sorry, electric drums. I enjoy electric drums. I don't know if there was guitars on this album. I don't remember any. I um I kind of like David Byrne's voice. I I like St. Vincent. The I hated every programmed drum on this album and it's every fucking song. I I almost like I like the idea that there's so much brass and horns in the in the in the but um I don't think of either of them as horn players and I don't think they are horn players now that that does, that means that they can't compose or write uh, for other musicians to play on it it's just it, at a certain point it got it got to me where I was just like these songs are kind of generic for both of you um David Burns writing has gone straight down the fucking toilet this guy is literally I wish I was a baller I wish I was taller I wish I had a girl that looked good I would call her Whoa 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 did you just write that Okay uh, okay. That was amazing. I I didn't. I didn't. That, that's a that's a that's a rap classic right there. Uh, I swear to God, they're like on the even on one of the last albums, he said the word something like "rocks in his head, rocks in his bed." I'm like, okay, <laughs> you just shut the f- like. Why did you even put lyrics there? Because he you just go, bed with bed. That, That's you know, a, a brilliant. Rhyme assist. Uh, head, bed. I'm going to say this about this album. I didn't have a super big problem with it. Didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I only skimmed this one. This is one of the few I didn't actually listen to all the way through. And and the thing I wish it was, was a cool guitar album. Like, you pointed this out, I think, is that they're both incredible guitarists. Like, they're famously, like, like she is famous for being an incredible guitarist who sings over her incredible guitar lines. Like, you, what she's playing would be impossible for me to sing over. And, like... It's a generic. To me, it felt like a uh, a gimmick album. That like instead of doing their strengths, they're like, "Well, we're both artists. Let's do something that's out of our wheelhouse, okay?" Let's hire a brass band, and we'll be, and it'll be fun. And it was like, and like, hey, you know what? At this point in both of their careers, like, I think uh, Annie Clark was pretty established in two thousand twelve. Oh yeah. Like, well and above, like, the most famous indie rock female guitarist, if not guitarist, right? So it's like, they were like, oh, let's get out of our wheelhouse. Gimmicky gimmick. And then they made a gimmick Gimmicky album, and it's fine. Gimmick. I don't hate it. I don't like it. It's not it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. not fucking fine. It's not it's fucking fine. fine. It's fucking brass. It is a fucking brass section that they sampled and then got to do overdubs with fucking drum machines. Eat fucking dog shit and sometimes they play guitar idea. in there and sometimes they quack 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 it's fine mm. by me i'm fine with it i'll take this over any of his earlier solo albums my guy <laughs> i'm sorry i won't over rutro over rutro i'll take it over rutro over ray momo you're you're literally yeah, I'll like take it over ray fine momo. pointing a, a okay so anyways my point being here is you can hate <laughs> it but like a lot of his earlier stuff and his solo career is yeah. super sus it's it's pretty much any time a drum machine shows up and david Byrne is involved and it's not the talking heads i 
can't. Or Brian Eno. I <laughs> yeah, I literally, I cannot handle it. It's so not his wheelhouse. And he's yeah. still, he's still very much like, but this is like, this cool, is my right? jam. This is like, this is, I'm progressive with my technique, with my musical techniques. This Don't album you, feels like it's this, cool. And that's look, what it's supposed to be. Look, I'm going to hit play on this Hanson Mbop drum loop. <laughs> Brutal. And I, then I, I'm going to fucking get a Zydeco band to come in and maybe hire mm-bop, a brass section. Bop, bop, bop. Brutal, that is a brutal take. That is a brutal, brutal take. <laughs> yeah, I was going, I was, I was, that's not even like entirely accurate. I was just going for the most damage in one blow, you know. Was, that's a lot. That's that's I, a kidney I, I and liver up. punch at the same time. I mean, I saved up for a critical hit and I may have missed with it, but you get the point. You know, the the effort was there. I tried. It's fine. I I liked it. I was it was nice. I mean, I felt I felt the suffering you were trying to create there. But uh, um, I honestly, all this talk about David Burns making me have to shit. That's fair. Uh, he made another album. It's a little, I thought that was a, the last one was a little bit better. American Utopia, a little bit better than the Annie Clark one, just because it was more his thing and it didn't sound like two artists trying to like impress each other by not collaborate and well, listen. It, it, well, that's I think it's pretty much it's what Robert again. said, where they where they were like, "Hey, we're both experimental artists that like to be right on the cusp of the brand new thing. So let's do something that neither of us have really, really, really do, even though it was like, they both work with horns and they both work with drum machines and they both make songs. I don't love all the time. Uh, so I guess it is right. What they normally do in that way, but this one sounds more like him. And I, I do think that that does say something for the album. Um, some mix I of funk, know. world music, some slow, subdued piano stuff. It's everything yeah, that he's I couldn't done even, over those I couldn't period. even really get through it. You know what I mean? Like, this is all of his solo albums. I would literally listen to half a song and then skip. And then half a song. It's and so sad because he should be skip. cool, dude. It's like Peter Gabriel's so cool. And I kept thinking, man, you put Peter, you said you listened to Peter Gabriel during this. And I kept thinking, I did. Peter Gabriel's really cool. And why aren't I listening to Peter Gabriel? Like, I kept thinking that. And I was like, everyone, like, David Byrne wishes he was Peter Gabriel. Like, this, this was, yeah. this is what I, this was how, how I took it. This is, this was my, my, uh, Peter Gabriel versus David Byrne, uh, take was it's like, uh, Peter Gabriel, the hipster, hipster crowd of that time was listening to it and then 10 years later they had kids you know to some degree even though they were kind of working at the same time or whatever it's like uh peter gabriel's like the uh more literate art fan and then david byrne is the like um the hipster want to be literate art fan and then both of them are just uh, pussies that are afraid to listen to fucking um uh, uh what's what's his name fucking soused what's what's that what's that fucking uh oh fuck you know I started talking and I had it Scott Walker ah <laughs> they're too afraid to listen to Scott Walker so they put on fucking Peter Gabriel and when Peter Gabriel was too dark and spooky for him they put on David Byrne <laughs> that's what I think. That sounds like a fair take. I'll take I'll... all of that. Sounds like a fine time, actually, for the most part. Yeah. Other than the David Burns solo stuff, like all of that seems okay to listen to. I think Peter Murphy might slip in there too. The guy from Bauhaus, 
Somewhat, somehow he fits in there too. But Scott got, Walker also didn't get weird until he got weird. He was also sort of a clean poppy dude for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he had the there's like four albums that are pretty much straightforward crooning, and his uh, the Walker Brothers did that like sixty. I think it was late sixties that they started. Yeah, and it, and it's all like, oh girl, love you, my girl. Then twenty years later, he's like, oh meat. <laughs> slapping me like whoa dude why are you croning about what is going on just the, he has that Smacking one that ass. i made this i made this kid listen to scott walker on acid one time <laughs> and, and like he was not mentally prepared and not experienced enough with that kind of music for me to do that to him but i wanted to listen to it so he can fuck on there's one song I mean, one of his favorite albums of mine it's a recent one before he died where he's literally just going Oh, 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 one, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this song is like 10 minutes long. You know, nobody wants to listen to it except for me. <laughs> so. Uh, so, I mean, so you can take a poop. I'm going to say this is absolutely not worse than 311. Even some of David Byrne's saddest moments somehow are not worse than 311. Like, even <laughs> even when he is doing what I, I have always gone I've upsettedly railed against 311 for being an appropriation band. He still doesn't have a rapper who needs to let me know he's a rapper who can rap. There, and so hey, there was and one say track. His name. He says his name. There was one track. I don't remember what album where he did kind of a rap, and it was I can't remember. I'll have to. I'll send it to you after we get done here. Um, I'll go looking for it. But yeah, I agree. Not worse than 311. Oh, totally not. Even though it's. Like world that, music it, aside, as he was saying, but like at least in maybe, most places it's done where you're like, okay, there's an amber album in his catalog. Yeah. Maybe maybe parts of like uh oh uh oh's worse than three. Well, row as <laughs> slush pussy. like that's a good one because yeah, it is very yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one, and the, I, but the rest of it. I, I mean, I the I feel like they're... they're I think Talking t- Heads almost have an amber. With Fear of Music, I think it's almost amber. Yeah, Fear of Music. I think, I think that, per, for me, personally, I wouldn't argue an amber Talking Heads album. But I think you could easily make the argument for Talking Heads' uh, third album, fourth, or fifth. All three of those albums, you probably could argue, were like mo- monumental albums, were important, and they're they as a as a cohesive unit make a really solid album. And for people that really love that kind of sound, I think you could argue that. For me personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue well, only fair of music. I would argue a four. The other two, I'd argue a three and a half, maybe. But well, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Take. Pretty good. Their their best of album is a fucking amber, bro. <laughs> 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 And on that, uh, next week we're going to be uh, talking about an Amber album. We're going to be talking about an Amber Brian Eno album, or at least I declared it that. I don't know if it is, where that's part of the reason why, why we do this. Because um, it's Brian Eno month. This is Brian Eno month here on Is It Worse Than 311? And uh, we're going to keep talking about, about that guy next week. Uh, you know, until then, go check out the websites. You know all the websites. Trash Pit City, Is It Worse Than.com, fucking Pig Crack Records, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think a uh, circus pig has a single coming out also next week. Hell yeah! Listen to circus pig. That's, cool, that's, cool. that's a thing. We tweeting um, that shit. 
Yeah, and and other than that, uh, David Byrne really, really, really makes me have to shit, so I gotta go by. Bye. Deuces. That's exactly what it's gonna be. Hey.